0: Welcome to this sample audio clip, which comes from the conversation series featuring multi-hull pioneer Jim Brown. In this segment, Jim speaks with sailor Marlene Sassaman, who is preparing to cruise around the world in her trimaran. To find out more about this historic, multi-hull-oriented audio series, please visit us at www.outrigmedia.com. This is Joe Farinaccio from outrigmedia.com and smalltrimorans.com, and I have Jim Brown and Marlene Sassaman on the line. We're going to have a conversation with Marlene this evening. Jim, Marlene, how are you guys doing today? Hey there.
1: Hey, I'm,
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited about the interview. Well, That's great. Jim, well, go ahead. Go, to go. Tell us a little bit about what you know about Marlene. Well, um, I, I got to know
1: Marlene uh, through personal contact as so many of these things happen. Uh, she's friends with Mike McGarry, who is an old friend of mine who had a lot to do with Windrider, incidentally. And uh, uh, Mike knew that, uh, that Marlene was looking for a, a small, serious cruising trimaran with an inboard engine, and I just happened to know of one. <laughs> so that's how we got hooked up.
0: Wow, that's great. Marlene, uh, I asked Jim if I'd be able to uh, start off uh, this uh, interview by asking you a few questions, and these are things that I'm always curious about. So he's consented to allow me to ask you a few of these uh, kind of typical generic questions that that will let us uh, be introduced to you and, and get a feel for who you are and what you're about. Okay. Uh, Marlene, how did you first get into sailing? Um,
1: Just knowing as you listen to me talk, you'll find I'm fairly an intuitive person. I am not at all technical. Um, But I really think my first thoughts about sailing was when I was a kid. We lived in Jersey and used to take the ferry into New York like at least once a month. Yeah. And... You know, I was always the first one out of the car and run into the front of the ferry and say, oh, can we get one of those sailboats? Daddy, I want a sailboat. Wow. And he poked me with his elbow and said, we don't need a boat.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and well, hey, I said, I do want a sailboat. And as I became a teenager, he told me um, to stay away from sailors, and I didn't need a sailboat. <laughs> stay away from sailors. <laughs> stay away from sailors. So, um... <laughs> so, sailing well, they didn't say, seem like. Marlene, you know, excuse me, Marlene, but they say that one of the greatest things a parent can do for his offspring is to give them something to reject. Yes. <laughs> you rejected so, that advice. <laughs> I tried. Um, so, some years later, I guess I was about 20, um, instead of buying a sailboat, I bought a 250 Yamaha and took that cross country. Um, so I drove that cross-country, and um, it blew up. I found out you needed to put oil in it or the pistons get holes in it or some silly thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All so I left that in Ocala. And then years later, I I, I really don't remember the, the year, but I think it was like in 77, somewhere around there, um, when Ted Turner won the America's Cup. Right. And I just happened to be back home visiting and caught a quick glimpse on TV. And there was Ted at the helm of this big boat, and I said, that to me truly was a defining moment, and I knew at that moment I was going to learn how to sail, and I was going to get me a sailboat. Wow, um, Wow, well, uh, it's almost predeterminism, you know <laughs> Well, I think it's one of those things that people have. We have in us what it is we're going to be, and regardless of what parents advise or all the events in our lives, there's those there inner things that I don't know, they just crop up and we go, that's it. And um, so then it took me a lot, probably another seven or eight years until I decided it was time to go buy a boat, and someone said to go buy a little sunfish. And I went to buy a sunfish, but I had never seen a sailboat when it wasn't in the water with the up. So the dealer showed me a picture of a Hobie 18, you know. It was This was in 1980. And it was just a really sharp picture with the colored sales and all, and I said, how much is that? And he t- asked me how much money I had, and of course I told him, because, you know, I told him. And that's how much the boat cost, wow. coincidentally. Uh-huh. So I got a Hobie 18.
0: <laughs> wow, Hobie, Hobie Cat was your first boat.
1: A Hobie 18, yeah, in 1980.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, a, and an 18, uh, Joe, a Hobie 18 is
1: is like a you know a, a cannon and a cannon compared to a Hobie 14 as
0: a pistol. Yeah, yeah. How did that yeah. work out for you, Marlene? Well,
1: it worked out pretty good because the second time I took it out, I, you know, was out for about five minutes when I flipped it over, and this nice young man came along and righted the boat, and eight months later we got married. You no. Know. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Ashley truth. And we were married for thirty something years and um he, he was um he was very technical, very engineering, very math, you know, everything had a reason. Um, he um was a really good racer, got, you know, really good at um, you know, state and national level and stuff. But he was a real homebody. So, like, for him to travel around the world, uh, that wasn't going to happen. Um, and uh, anyway, w- w- during that time, I met Mike McGarry, who was a student at Florida Tech University, and he was helping to design the hydrofoils and the wind riders back then. And I used to just go out and do test sales with him and have fun. Um so that's how Mike and I met, and I came home from work one day, or I went to lunch and found a magazine to read, and it was Cruising World, and whatever year that was, 1984 or something, um, on the front cover, I had a picture of Tanya Avey on it, and it says, Teenager begins the sale of a lifetime. And I thought, you, and I won't say the word, I was so mad I didn't read the article. Never read, I only read her book about four years ago. I wouldn't read it. I was so angry that somebody else was doing what I wanted to do, and I didn't seem to have the wherewithal to get that together because I had nobody in my life that was, you know, my husband said, why would you ever want to sail around the world yourself? That's suicide. You're crazy. Um, and, you know, didn't really have the money. I was a school teacher and couldn't figure it all out. So um she was really on my bad list sort of poor things. Mm-hmm. something really incredible. And then I tried traveling around. Um, you know, I was surfing back then and, and then I oh, went Lord to Lord. Peru with the girlfriend trucking. So I did a lot of those things. but I knew that's not really what I wanted. What I really wanted was my own sailboat. And I wanted to sail around the world. I just wanted to go.
0: Marlene, what what is it that you love about sailing?
1: I don't know. I think it's the freedom and the the control. I'm like a control freak. I want to be in charge of everything that happens to me. Um, And so when I'm sailing, I'm in control control of the boat as best I can. Um, Yet... the one thing I like about racing, although I've proved over the years I'm I'm never going to be some great racer, but, but it, you, and your, your, you and your husband raced a lot, didn't you, Marlene? Yeah, we raced a lot. We raced for ten years, pretty pretty regular. In, in um, what boats? Uh, Hobie 18s mostly, and then supercats. Uh um, uh-huh. Some of the Roberts designs, and you know one of the things I learned too during that time was. My husband, Danny, was one of the few guys that would crew and let me drive the boat. And it taught me that, you know, one, it didn't take a lot of physical strength. If you did things right, and driving was really the easier job of all the jobs, it certainly was the least physical. Um, so I just learned a lot from him, watching him take care of the boat, set sail, um, deal with um, – you know, we, you know, we sailed a lot in Daytona Beach off the beach, and so we'd go out on like four to six-foot swells with storms coming in the summer and get caught in, you know, thunderstorms and all this crazy weather. And so I think he taught me to just be calm that in any situation there's something you can do. And if you pay attention to what you need to do, then you'll probably be okay. Okay. Um, he also taught me about what types of boats were safer than others, um, and um, I remember seeing a trimaran. In fact, before, I don't know, it might have been after I saw Ted Turner on TV. I was in the Keys and I saw a trimaran at a dock, and I thought, what a cool boat! I didn't even know what it was called. It was just—I just thought that was the kind of boat I liked. I liked the way it looked. I don't know anything about how it sailed. Um, but my husband was one that introduced me to the fact that some boats don't sink and they're more stable than others and they're faster and speed is nice if for nothing else because bad weather's coming and you want to get out of a storm, would you rather be on a fast boat or a slow boat? Um, so all those years that we raced Toby and Supercats I think that kind of got in my head that um, I wanted a boat that didn't sink that was fairly stable and would get me out of trouble um, easier. Didn't you also have uh, uh, a Corsair? Yeah, the Corsair came later. We got the Corsair, I guess, five years ago.
0: Thanks for listening. For more like this or to obtain the complete audio conversation, come visit us on the web at www.outrigmedia.com.